Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In the age of social media, what goes on in locker rooms around the country be it professional, collegiate, or high school sports, is being brought more into the spotlight. And last week, just days between each other, two sports programs from the same university made national headlines for separate but similarly concerning investigations. Allegations include coerced sexual acts to punish team members for mistakes and racist actions and comments from coaches and players, according to the Daily Northwestern. Foster allegedly urged players not to seek medical help for injuries and asked players to return before they were healthy. He is also accused of excessive punishments and making both racial and sexually offensive comments. What makes this particular news unique is the way that each of these stories were broken, one by a trusted name and voice in Chicago sports and the other by student journalists on campus, each going on tips, corroborating sources, and uncovering a culture of inappropriate behavior allegedly perpetrated by, in different cases, coaches and students. I'm Jim Hankey, and this week we're learning more about what's going on in Northwestern University athletics and how these disturbing stories have come to fruition. Let's get looped in, Chicago. Northwestern University is renowned for exceptional and elite departments in various fields like medicine, law, and pertinent to this story, both sports and journalism. In a story published July 8th by the Daily Northwestern, the campus newspaper, a former NU football player came forward detailing a culture of hazing by teammates involving coerced sexual acts that supposedly were known about but not addressed by then head coach Pat Fitzgerald. The player stated that these allegations were first reported to Northwestern administration back in November of 2022, and after a preliminary internal investigation, Fitzgerald was placed on unpaid suspension for two weeks. That suspension started Friday, July 7th. But after the full story by four NU journalists hit the day after, with further details as well as a second unnamed player confirming many of these same allegations, Fitzgerald was then fired within 48 hours by athletic director Derek Gregg, ending Fitzgerald's 17-year career as Northwestern's head coach. Now, in the second half of today's episode, I'll speak with an NU journalist at the Daily Northwestern to go deeper into that story and how it impacts the campus. But first, there's the firing of baseball coach Jim Foster, and the malfeasance here is centered squarely on him and not members of the team. 670 The Score's Danny Parkins of the Parkins and Spiegel Show sprung into action based on a tip received over last weekend. 
multiple sources corroborated stories of Foster's supposed mistreatment of players, sexist or racist comments, and even discouragement of members of his own team from seeking medical treatment for injuries for fear of them losing their spot on the roster. I had the chance to sit down with Danny to find out how he confirmed this behavior with multiple sources within 24 hours and more details on how Foster's alleged allegations affect this coming season of Northwestern baseball. It happened pretty fast, to be honest. Uh, I got a message on Sunday from someone saying that a source who I had a connection to wanted to talk to me and tell me a story. I was at the park with my kids. And so I gave the person a time where we could talk. They told me this story and I knew nothing about it. And I was like, wow, that's an unbelievable story. Why isn't this out there? And they basically said, it seems like nobody cares about Northwestern. Our concerns are not being taken seriously internally. We're having a tough time getting in front of Dr. Gregg, the athletic director at Northwestern. And I saw the HR complaint. So that validated the at least the allegations and that they had found him guilty of three of the five right and then me in touch with other people and then they would put me in touch with other people and it was just like pulling at a thread and then the whole house came down i ended up talking to you know nine people by not including jim foster before i went on the air on monday and i've talked to more since right right as very much a face and voice that people trust in chicago sports when a story like this comes your way what immediate feelings do you have about about your job and how you communicate this story to not only management, but but then the score's listenership? The management piece was pretty easy. I mean, I do not consider myself a journalist, right? I'm an opinionist and a talk show host, yeah. but I went to journalism school. I've broken news before, and I'm a trained journalist. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a golfer. I've been saying to people that... Uh, it's like my four iron. Like it's in my bag. I just don't use it very often. Sure, sure. You know what I mean. But I know how to do it. And so by the time I brought it to my boss on Monday, uh, I knew that I had the story. I knew that I had crossed every possible bar of journalistic integrity. I was a hundred percent confident that I had enough sources to to go. And once I told him what the story was, I got the the green light. Then as to the telling the audience part. Uh, I did something I've never done before. I, I scripted it out. And the whole show, it's talk radio, right? It's extemporaneous. It's We do four hours. It's not like a, a news report or an update. Like, we don't do anything really scripted. Right. Um, but I had about 13 on-the-record quotes that I had included. And again, the allegations were pretty serious. So I wanted to make a clear distinction with the audience between this is the report and now it's time for the commentary and yeah. the normal show, right? Of the many jarring items that Danny learned from his sources was the discouragement of players to seek medical attention for current or potential injuries. Whether student-athletes are at Northwestern thanks to a sports scholarship or not, it seems easy to understand that their health and well-being should be at the forefront of any team's hopes of success. And then multiple players saying that they uh, saw the trainer away from the facility, like you mentioned, or away from Foster, I should say more accurately. And then I, you know, I heard from someone at Rhode Island after the report which was multiple jobs ago from Foster and he said that he his sophomore year uh was pressured and forced by Foster Foster to pitch through a mostly torn labrum uh in his shoulder and it's had a scarring effect both that and the verbal uh abuse and he like is still traumatized by baseball and he won't watch it so it's been going on for a long time uh, with this guy, uh, according to the people that I've talked to. 
and it's obviously crazy. So there are two points I'd like to make here on what Danny just told us. First, more reports of NU student athletes being traumatized enough to not watch their own sport are coming to light. Yesterday afternoon, an exclusive interview with the Chicago Tribune includes 2018 graduate Lloyd Yates, who played under Fitzgerald while attending NU, stating that because he experienced the types of sexual hazing mentioned in the original Daily Northwestern article, he no longer can watch football on television. Secondly, in 2011, according to the Connecticut Post, a baseball player on Foster's team at the University of Rhode Island collapsed during a strength and conditioning workout session. He was hospitalized for three days before dying, leading to a legal battle between his family and the university, which was resolved five years later, awarding the player's family $1.45 million in a wrongful death lawsuit. But Danny mentions that not all feedback he's gotten from Foster's time elsewhere has been negative. I should note one person who said that they had a positive experience with Foster at Rhode Island, right? He coached hundreds, if not a thousand plus kids at this point. But what I have heard from people from at Rhode Island, the vast majority of the feedback, like the overwhelming majority has been, yep, we recognize this. And this part I think is interesting. Honestly, it sounds a little light. It feels like Northwestern got off easy. And why I think that is and why the sources that I talked to or some of the sources I talked to at Northwestern believe that that is possibly the case is because the coaches who resigned uh, the first week of the season, they're the ones who filed the initial HR complaint last November. They were interviewed in January. The findings of the report came out in February and then the season takes place. And so at that point, since he had been found again, for lack of a better word, guilty of three of the five violations and these coaches had resigned, there was some monitoring that Northwestern was doing, sending people on road trips, uh, having the baseball administrator stop by practices, which you would think would happen anyway. Uh, And so all the things that happened at Northwestern this year were actually done under some level of university supervision, which guys on the team felt Foster was clearly setting it up for once that's gone, once like the watchdog's gone, I'll be able to coach you how I really feel. And it was still as bad as it was. Doing his due diligence, Danny reached out to Foster for comment before going on air at the score with all of this information on Monday, July 10th. And I asked Danny about that conversation. It was 32 minutes. Um, I called him. I sent him a message saying who I was and that I wanted to talk to him and ask him some questions about Northwestern baseball before I went on the air at two o'clock, but I did not tell him the nature of those questions. And he called me back and I pulled off the highway uh, and we talked. He said, this sounds like a, a hit piece. I said, well, I talked to nine sources at the time. Um, I'm going to be doing the story today. So if you'd like your side heard, I'd like to ask you some questions on the record. and he acquiesced kept saying oh, you know I'm, i'll be a stand-up guy and answer your questions um and it was a wild ride man um you know i asked him about the allegations of racism and uh, an african-american player not feeling comfortable on the team he said it was ridiculous that his best friend at northwestern was the soccer coach and someone in facilities basically the i have a black friend defense as i took it uh about the thing that the university did find him again guilty of which was the sexually inappropriate comment about the female uh manager who was a student he said 
that's ridiculous. I have three daughters, one of whom has autism. So he seemed to be using his having daughters and one with special needs as like a human shield. And he said, uh, all I said about that was that at West Point, the women had to wear the army issued uniforms, not the tight baseball pants. Like that's not a great defense of being concerned about a woman in baseball pants. And I had players tell me that she was reassigned like in her duty. She was like around the team a lot less um, because she was a manager who predated Foster's one year uh, in Evanston. Said the, the coaches who were angry want his job. The players, uh, maybe it was how they were raised. And I mean, I know that really upset a lot of players and their parents when I published that quote because they're like, you mean people that were academically gifted enough to get into a top 10 institution and be D1 athletes and get offers to transfer to other Big Ten schools? These are pretty accomplished kids. Uh, and he just kept reiterating maybe people here weren't prepared uh, for my standards as a way to justify anything that uh, the privileged kids at Northwestern maybe weren't prepared for or able to handle. It was a wild conversation. When this story broke, the potential number of NU baseball players looking for a transfer was a big part of it. At the time, approximately 15 members of the baseball team were in line to transfer out of NU altogether. But now, with Foster fired after Danny's story hit the air, he says that number could change. I've been told that since the news that Foster uh, has been terminated, that that number will not be 15, that there will absolutely be potentially a significant number of players who decide to withdraw their name from the transfer portal and go back to Northwestern. But that's a little tricky given the calendar, the timing at which they fired him, and how quickly Northwestern hires a new coach. How does NU Sports continue to request donations, to try to recruit? Like, What does a college do when two of their major sports are now in question is is saying it lightly it's a it's a baffling situation players coaches admin are all in even as a parent uh, of of a potential NU student I don't know what you do at this point you know they, they, they got a big problem now I will say I mean baseball is it's high profile in that like we like baseball in Chicago because of the Cubs and the White Sox it's not terribly high profile on Northwestern campus it's a non-revenue sport by definition um so it's probably why getting rid of Jim Foster was pretty easy once the allegations were public. And they knew with the internal reports for the players how unpopular he was. The Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern football, $800 million Ryan Field renovation new stadium project. Mm-hmm. That is something that they are very concerned about. And they should be. You know, I, I don't have a great answer for you other than uh, they have the money, right? They've got a multi-billion dollar endowment. But they're trying to fund it by donors contributing to a new football stadium. And Pat Fitzgerald was a beloved figure and has a ton of support among Northwestern alumni, including former players, since his firing. Something that you cannot find for Jim Foster, at least among Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, So the decision to fire Pat Fitzgerald is not a universally agreed upon decision among the money people in the Northwestern community. So they are definitely facing a steep uphill climb, uh, I would imagine, on the funding of it, on the hiring of the next coach, uh, on recruitment for the football program. There's a lawsuit potentially coming in both directions, potentially. I think the baseball part of it with Foster's firing 
largely goes away in the coming days because of just outside interest in the program. But Northwestern University, the athletic department of the football program, they still got a lot of problems. Absolutely. It's been a busy week to say the least. I really appreciate you coming in and and talking more about this with us. I had to walk all the way down the hall. Not a problem. (laughs) When we return, I'll speak with a Northwestern student journalist who covered both of these recent scandals in baseball and football and hear how her fellow writers broke the Pat Fitzgerald story. Stay tuned. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yesterday, a new lawsuit was filed on behalf of a John Doe Northwestern football team member who played between 2018 and 2022 naming former coach Pat Fitzgerald, current athletic director Derek Gregg, and other higher Northwestern personnel as defendants. Also, after last week's multi-layered news about Northwestern athletics hit the airwaves, over 260 members of university faculty released an open letter to campus administration detailing their request for transparency moving forward. The letter states in part, quote, As faculty, we want Northwestern to be a place where all students will grow and thrive. We are dismayed to learn that our students have been victims and also perpetrators of hazing, sexual assault, and racism, and that such behaviors have, in some cases, gone unchecked by authorities entrusted with students' well-being, unquote. The letter appeared in last week Friday's Daily Northwestern, and I wanted to learn more about what's being said on campus and within the newsroom about these allegations, primarily regarding the Fitzgerald situation. I spoke with Daily Northwestern writer Sabrina Vlahakis, who also covers NU Sports for SBNation.com, about what it meant to her fellow writers to unravel this story and what it means for their newsroom going forward. How are other student journalists and your fellow NU students feeling with this breaking news? Obviously, I know it's summer, and that, again, goes to show how much work is being put into this. Um, It's been a while since we've seen student media break a national story like this, so I'm just curious how people are feeling. On one hand, it hasn't really hit yet, but I'll say for us at Inside and You, when you learn something like this, there's nothing more that we wanted to do than cover this story because obviously as journalists, we feel responsibility to cover these teams and search for the truth. But also I think as Northwestern students, we have a completely other investment also in the story where we want to know and also hold our school accountable to make sure we're getting the best result. I do love Northwestern and there isn't anywhere else I want to be. So I think for all of us just want to do whatever we can as even if what we're uncovering isn't the greatest thing in the world, so you know, in the long run, it's very important. I got together with a bunch of people on our staff for a Zoom meeting and it was surreal just breaking through everything and recounting everything that happened. You had stated in one article that the Northwestern whistleblower is still being characterized uh, as a player with a personal vendetta against Fitzgerald by some people. And that's often what we hear from people outside of the situation who just uh, support the school, take in football every weekend during the fall, etc. Um, yet, of course, there are plenty of, no- of acknowledgments of these hazing rituals from 11 current or former players. 
I'd appreciate hearing more about the process of these players being reached out to um, and reporters obviously needing to be so careful with a situation like this. Can you talk about the responses from players to these accusations and to the story itself? First, I'll give a shout out to Iggy Dowling and Bradley Locker, who are our editors. You know, they reached out to players, they interviewed players, they got corroborations. I think asking really specific questions and seeing how things lined up. We have a lot of people who reach out to us and saying that it didn't happen or again, going back to this idea of a personal vendetta that they had, but then they can never really qualify that. And one and when you don't want to go on record and you're just providing background information, you're supposedly going to represent the masses. That is something interesting that does take in conscious. And for us, with every source, we were discussing it. We were discussing what information should go out there and verify it. And I think we know that some of our sources also overlap with the daily, but certain things like the racism accusations, you know, someone went on the record and to go and put your name attached to that. That's a really strong statement to make, but also I think it shows the weight of these accusations as a whole. We know what courage it takes to come up and talk to us, but we also understand like the questions to ask and you can just tell the, vera the veracity of their answers. The details of the alleged hazing and coerced sexual acts are in the original July 8th Daily Northwestern article, which you can find online. But the first student who came forward says Northwestern football fosters a quote, abrasive and barbaric culture that has permeated throughout that program for years, unquote. So I asked Sophia down the line if criminal charges could be filed against any previous or current team members for these alleged activities. Yeah, I mean, I can't really give you an expert answer on that. I also don't know necessarily how how that would work. I'm not sure if the whistle, whistleblower specifically named players, so I don't really know what that would look like, and I can't really comment on that. But I will say that, you know, a lot of these actions that were described, if they happened in any other scenario outside of a football field, outside of a locker room, outside of a team setting, they obviously would be criminal crimes. Deadspin put out a story that as of now, uh, most or all of Pat Fitzgerald's assistants are being kept on. And obviously, uh, this story is continually changing. And a quote from that piece on Deadspin says, quote, Firing Fitzgerald was the least that Northwestern could do, but keeping his staff is proof that doing the least is what Northwestern will continue to do, which I thought was a very powerful line. Um, in speaking with other journalists and students, has that been a takeaway that the entire program staff essentially needs to be removed from the root? And, and even if it were, how realistic is that on a college campus as we, as we come to start the season in the fall? How realistic is that to essentially reboot everything? Um, going forward for 2023? I don't think it's realistic at all. I think that's why the, the coaching staff is still there. Um, I don't know in the long term if I see them all being there. I think given the light of everything and how strong reactions you've seen from players and parents on the team, I just don't think you could clean house. And obviously with recruiting opening up right now again, you sort of need someone there who's probably been keeping track because recruiting is going to be a challenge for Northwestern. Obviously, we've had some people to commit. So... I just don't think that they really could have cleaned house to start this season. I think it would cause a bigger issue because obviously a lot of players are still disgruntled. So I think that they made that choice and that's what I think is necessary for this season. And as for Northwestern doing the least, that's definitely been a question that's come up a lot. And when they made the decision to fire Foster, which is obviously the correct decision, I actually applaud Northwestern for acting fast on that and for letting the players first.
The Daily Northwestern reports that shortly after news broke about Fitzgerald's firing, two offensive linemen who had committed to Northwestern football announced on social media that they were now decommitting from the university and were once again open to college recruitment. In a letter addressed to NU faculty and staff yesterday, University President Michael Schill states that he will do, quote, whatever is necessary, unquote, to address these scandals, including hiring an outside firm to evaluate NU's athletic culture. So I wrapped up my discussion with Sophia, asking how she feels the athletic department can potentially recover from this sort of scandal. Well, I would say one thing is that as a journalism student, I've never been more proud to be a journalism student. And I think that is definitely something that's important to see that there is a really dedicated student body. And I can't speak more highly of the student body than I can in this past week in terms of the support I've received from them and the fellow people at my publication. As for athletics, which I think is the bigger, obviously the bigger issue, I think that what admin really needs to do is be responsive to teams and all teams, not just non-revenue sports, not just the teams that make it to the championship. I, what I found so disheartening about baseball was that there was a blanket cry for help that was never answered. And personally, in my opinion, I'd really like to see an admin that is very involved, very supportive of all athletics and should be making a big effort to attend just about as many events as they can for all teams because we are a school beyond basketball and we are a school beyond football. And then as well, really just incorporating student athletes into every decision that they're making. And I think that sounds really simple, but it had not been that simple. If you look at our baseball team, the Jim Foster was hired by two boosters and he wasn't even a finalist, like things like that can't happen. So I really would encourage the school to take a more proactive step. And I think that that should be a clear step and seeing a real concern for the athletes. Uh, Sabrina, thanks so much for joining me today and, and shedding more light on this continually evolving story. This is uh, this has been great to, to chat with you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for your time. This episode of Looped in Chicago was hosted by me, Jim Hankey, and produced and edited by myself and Lizzie Baumgartner with additional recording and engineering by Chris Lopez. You can stay subscribed to the program on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen, and be sure to follow us on social media at WBBM Podcasts. We'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.